0: Welcome to the Consilience Podcast, a show that teaches you how to be happy in your body and confident in who you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get into the show. I'm not feeling motivated is a common thing that I hear both from clients and from coaches who are trying to help their clients to reach their goals. And this is such an interesting topic in terms of how do I navigate this? How do I help myself to do the things that I want to do when I don't feel motivated to do them? Well, the first thing to realize is that motivation is not a feeling motivation simply refers to all of the brain processes that energize behavior. You do not have to feel like doing something in order to do the thing. There are just certain skills that we can develop to help you to do something even when you don't feel like it. Let's use an example of firemen. Do you think a fireman wants to run inside a burning building to save someone, right? Yes, he wants to do it. He does do it. But does he feel like doing it? How do you think a fireman feels when he's running inside a burning building to save someone? He's probably a little bit anxious. Maybe he's scared. He's probably pumped up with adrenaline. He's determined And he is committed because he values being a helpful person, right? And he values saving people. That requires a lot of strength. There's probably very little positive feeling in that moment when he's going to save someone. And yet he is motivated to do it. So, that is an example of how we can think about motivation. It's not a positive feeling of, oh, everything's easy and I really feel like going to the gym today, or I just can't wait to eat my vegetables with my lunch. It is doing the thing that you want to do because it's important to you. So, I want to share with you a couple of theories of motivation that can help you to understand this so that you can learn. What would be most helpful for you in terms of taking the action that would bring you closer towards your goals? So, the first theory of motivation that's really important here is the prime theory of motivation. And this brings together different theories of reflective motivation. So, this is a deliberate decision to behave in a certain way. So, this is when we're making a plan, setting our intentions but it also brings in automatic motivation. So these are our emotional, instinctive processes. And it is like the balance between our reflective and our automatic motivation that actually helps us to take action. So another way of looking at this is that you are always motivated to do something because you are always behaving as long as you are existing right? So let's say you had scheduled in a workout, you skipped the workout, what are you doing instead? Maybe you got home and it was really cold outside and all of a sudden you didn't feel quote-unquote motivated because what you actually wanted to do was to feel comfortable. You wanted to rest, you wanted to unwind, that's what you're motivated to do. So the prime theory of motivation talks about how we can balance these competing impulses that are a perfectly normal part of being a human being so it's not just about making a plan and then wanting to follow through with it all of the time it's about understanding what our impulses are particularly when they're bringing us further away from our goals and how can we manage those impulses how can we regulate certain emotions to help us to take the action that we want to take another theory of motivation that you've probably heard of is self-determination theory and i think it's probably more accurate to think about this theory as being a theory of motives so our reasons why we want to do something the reasons that are driving us towards our goals and when we're thinking about motives in this way we learn that there is a spectrum of different motives and we can have multiple motives for doing a certain thing. And these motives range from being externally driven to more internal forms of motivation. And What we know from the research is that external forms of motivation, including being motivated to diet in order to change your appearance, are associated with less success when we define success by taking the action with minimal consequence. So someone who is highly motivated to look good for others may consistently exercise but they're also going to be far more likely to be struggling with their body image where they're dissatisfied this can lead to things like depression anxiety around maintaining that perfect physique right so in my definition of success that does not count okay so what we're talking about here is achieving our goal taking those actions consistently, but actually feeling happy with ourselves and happy with our lives. That is my definition of success that I think is a value that my clients and I share in common. So when we're thinking about what is a helpful motive those tend to be the more internal forms of motivation and as I said you can have multiple motives so it's not that we don't care about how we look it's that that motive doesn't supersede more internal motives and it doesn't compete with other areas of our lives for example are we sacrificing our entire lives just to look good or do we chase a flourishing life we choose to eat well and to move our bodies because it supports our health it helps us to feel our best we can focus better we have more energy to do the things that are important to us and the cherry on top is liking your body Right? So that is an example of a more internally driven motive for eating well and exercising. So that's what you need to understand about motivation. It includes reflective motivation, our plans, our goals, our decisions to behave in a particular way and it includes our automatic motivation which is more instinctive, more emotional, more habitual and sometimes we need additional self-regulation skills in order to help us take the actions we want to take. And then we can also think about our motives ranging from externally driven to internally driven and if currently you are very driven to change your appearance because you don't feel good in your body that's absolutely understandable and that's absolutely okay and there's nothing to feel guilty or ashamed about permission granted to want to change your body okay but it's also within your best interest to learn to view your body in a different way to become more resilient to criticism judgment from other people and to develop compassion for yourself where you genuinely want the best for yourself which can for some people mean recognizing although I feel you know I don't feel good in my body right now I know that the most effective way for me to feel happy and comfortable in my body in the long term is to not rigidly diet but actually to focus on fueling my body knowing nourishing myself and developing inner confidence. That would be one approach that we would take to help someone who is currently struggling with not feeling good and really does want to make some changes, but helping them to do that in a way that is most helpful for them in the long run. So now to put that into practice, right? When you're feeling that you're not motivated, given that motivation isn't an emotion, it's not a feeling, That invites the question, how do you really feel? What I find in practice is when people aren't feeling motivated, they are typically feeling frustrated, they are doubting themselves, and they're feeling defeated. Those are the real feelings. So this may look like, my efforts aren't paying off. I'm frustrated that I'm trying so hard and I'm not seeing the results I want to see. That's not a lack of motivation. That is the presence of frustration because your goal is being blocked. Another feeling that comes up is self doubt. I am starting to wonder whether I can actually do this. I have tried and tried, and I seem to continue to fail. I'm now losing confidence in myself, and I am doubting whether it's possible. That's self doubt. Another common reaction is. I am finding this really hard. It seems that I have so far to go. I'm so far from where I want to be and I'm finding this really hard. I'm feeling overwhelmed and defeated. I want to stop trying, right? That's what's really going on for most people. So when we can accurately label how we're feeling, this is a self-regulation skill that we're putting into practice right now. When we can accurately label our feelings, we are more likely to take helpful action. It immediately down-regulates that emotional response In terms of the frustration like I can see now how I'm really feeling that helps me to get a bit of distance between the experience and me as the observer of my experience and now I can begin to think about what would really help so in terms of some solutions for when you're not feeling motivated there are many things that we can do one being having realistic expectations of change. The research suggests that in general, we expect a change to be easier than what it really is. We expect change to happen quicker than what it really does. And we expect that there are fewer costs to changing than what there really are. So having realistic expectations of change can actually help to mitigate some of those feelings of frustration because we feel like we're not doing something right. We feel like it's not happening fast enough. And the reality is we might be exactly where we are expected to be because change is not supposed to be easy. And telling yourself, I should be finding this easy does not help you to make more progress. So this was a realization that a client had recently we are working together to address some of his perfectionist thinking and feelings and behaviors and ultimately when you have really high standards of yourself not just in what you can achieve but again how easy you expect things to be this is common for people who have done very well in life, like in terms of, for example, through childhood, maybe you did very well academically, you were rewarded for how like competent you are. You tend to learn that things should be easy. I should always do well. And that is not reality. When you're trying to do something new, when you're trying to change a behavior that can be challenging and is very likely to be challenging. And I think one trap that people fall into when it comes to eating behaviors in particular is that we look around us and we're like, oh, everyone else seems to find this easy. All it is, is eating well. Why can't I do it? It's not that hard. That is such a common thought process and that reflects a lack of understanding about the complexities of eating regulation and how there are so many different factors that go into this and that it's not as easy. It's not an even level playing field, right? So some people have advantages when it comes to being able to regulate their eating behaviors. So comparing yourself to other people, believing and telling yourself that it should be easy, is likely to bring you further away from where you want to be because it creates more frustration and we tend not to handle frustration very well which brings us back to the second point in terms of solutions is building frustration tolerance so when things are hard when things are uncomfortable can i still do the thing that i want to do so this may be, you know, the weather's really shitty outside and I want to go to the gym. Like I, I have a part of me that wants to go, the intention is there, but the drive is not there because I'm finding it hard to get myself outside when it's cold, when it's dark, when it's raining, right? Right. Frustration tolerance is what comes in handy there, where you can do the thing anyway. And that could be a whole other podcast in and of itself. I did recently do an Instagram series on frustration tolerance. So feel free to have a scroll of my account there because I talk through, I think, six different skills that you can put into practice to build frustration tolerance, all around reframing the situation. Using things like self-talk, diffusion, cognitive reframing to help you to take these actions. And another part of frustration tolerance is exposure where you take small steps towards doing the thing you want to do and you teach yourself, okay, it's shitty and it's cold and it's raining and that's okay. Because I can bear it and I can still do the thing that I want to do, right? So that was a quick um, overview of frustration tolerance. But as I said, I could probably do a whole podcast on that because it's one of the skills that most people need to spend some intentional time, right? Practicing and developing. Another solution for when you're not feeling motivated is to get social support I think a lot of people have this belief that if I reach out for support, it means that I have failed. It means that I am not doing something right. It means that I'm weak. Whereas the reality is human beings are a social species. We have emotional regulation systems that evolved for cooperation and working with others. Right. And it's about taking advantage of that and recognizing that seeking support is less about admitting defeat and more about demanding better because that support could be out there, whether that's friends, family, you know, again, I've got a client who wants to run more regularly. She has just scheduled in running dates with her friends, and she's really enjoying it because of the engaging conversations that they're having, right? Why make it harder than what it needs to be when that support is probably available to you if you sort it? And that is why working on compassion can be a very useful skill for many people because asking for help is a way of letting compassion in and people who struggle with self-compassion often struggle with letting in compassion from other people right because it feels like a weakness it feels like there's something wrong so for some people a bit of work on compassion really pays off so other self-regulation skills to help you manage your impulses your desires when they're competing and getting in the way of doing what you want to do will be things like action planning, so actually scheduling in a specific time when you're going to do these things, self-monitoring. If you're trying to make a change, paying attention to that change that you're trying to make, this does not mean tracking your macros. There are other alternatives to monitoring your nutrition. If you are a coach, you can get the exact self-monitoring spreadsheet that I use with my clients. I'll link it in the description because you do not need to to track your macros in order to make healthy food choices. Distress tolerance, we touched on. Compassion, we touched on. Self-reflection is a big one. So when you don't make the choice that you want to make, how often are you actually sitting down to reflect on that? And how often are you doing that from a curious perspective, not one that's judgmental? So asking yourself, okay, I know this goal is important to me. I know I really want to do it. Why am I struggling to take action? Why am I making these choices that take me further away? What's really going on here? That reflection is necessary in order to make a change. And a lot of people skip that when they're very critical of themselves, because of course, when you're critical, that invites more uncomfortable emotions and we don't tend to want uncomfortable emotions in our life, right? So again, that's where the compassion comes in. Other self-regulation skills include self-talk. So learning how to talk to yourself in a way that's actually helpful and makes it more likely that you're going to follow through. Acceptance comes into that as well. Accepting the things that you can't change and meeting yourself where you're at. We've also got problem-solving skills. So being able to identify, okay, what is the situation that I'm struggling with? What are all of the potential ways that I could attempt to resolve this situation, weighing up the pros and cons, choosing one and putting it into practice. So I just had a question come through on an Instagram Q&A, someone who has ADHD and is trying to figure out helpful rewards for herself for following through with her healthy eating and health behavior goals, right? So she mentioned that she doesn't want to reward herself with treat foods or with rest, because she recognizes that food and rest are not things that need to be earned so the problem here is i am struggling to find alternative ways of rewarding myself and reinforcing the behaviors that i want to, to take and instead of giving direct advice i suggested that this is where the problem solving comes in brainstorm a bunch of different solutions experiment pick one, weighing up the pros and cons of all these different solutions. So one solution is sure I can eat, you know, I can reward myself for a quote unquote good week by choosing something tasty to eat. But there are a lot of cons associated with that in that I am putting food on a pedestal. I'm probably moralizing the food in terms of seeing it as good and bad. I maybe fall into the trap of only giving myself permission to eat that food if I have done well in other things um, and so on. So there are a lot of cons with that which is why we are brainstorming alternative solutions. So it could be a bunch of different things, you know, that you find rewarding. And then what you would do is pick the one that sounds like it's got the most pros and the fewest cons and give that a go and then come back and reflect. So that is the problem solving with an example of how you do it in practice. And then two final self-regulation skills that I think are really important and so overlooked are breathing exercises that can help to down-regulate anxiety. It can help you to feel calm and focused as well as imagery exercises. And we use imagery to help build compassion for people who are very self-critical when that self-criticism is getting in the way of their goals. Um, sometimes we need to to spend some time building out the sooth system which is one of the emotional regulation systems we have i don't want to you know go too deep in all of this right now Um, but all that to say is that imagery is an overlooked practice that many people could benefit from So those are just some examples of self-regulation skills that can help you when you're not feeling motivated. And I think the main takeaway here is to recognize that motivation is not a feeling and it is possible to do the things that you want to do, that you have a motive for, that you're driven to do, even when you don't feel like it. And you can do that by building self-regulation skills. So next time you feel like you're not motivated That is an invitation to consider what the real challenge is. How are you actually feeling and what's going to help?